0: When I was a kid, one of my favorite possessions was my Atari 2600. Well, come to think of it, even now one of my favorite possessions is my Atari 2600. But back in the 80s, my Atari was a huge deal to me. It was the toy that just kept on giving. So when something would endanger it, and something almost did, something stupid that I did, it tends to be pretty memorable. It also helps to illustrate what a good friend is like, and how you know when your friend is really good. I was over at my friend's house one day, he had an Atari 2600 as well, and we were engaged in one of our normal marathon sessions of gaming, and we were in the middle of a game of Berserk, and the Atari version of Berserk is superb if you played the original. While playing it, I might have gotten caught up in the heat of the moment, and I pulled, and I, wait, hold on a second, let me just say something. Atari joysticks are virtually indestructible. So, I'm not sure what happened here, because I was not a huge child, not very strong, but I was really intensely into the game, and I'm pushing to the side, and I'm about to get killed, I freak out, and I hear this sort of cracking noise. Suddenly the joystick was completely unresponsive. I had cracked the joystick. The guy who owned this Atari 2600 was annoyed, and rightfully so. He said, you gotta be careful, and now you owe me a joystick. Now this was only right, I had broken his joystick, although I contend that perhaps this joystick was broken before he let me use it. But this moment would illustrate what kind of friend I had who owned this Atari, and then how good of a friend another guy was that I knew. I said, well, I can't get you a joystick, but I can give you my joystick. Now at this point, I only had one joystick left. My dog had chewed up the other one. So to give up my joystick, my one working joystick, would put me out of commission the guy whose joystick I broke was unrelenting in his pursuit of my joystick. And that's okay. I understand his family was probably very angry or would have been angry if he found out it was broken. But what was amazing is about halfway through the day when for the 15th time this guy brought up that I should go home and go get that joystick that I broke, another friend of mine said, why don't you take it easy? He'll get it. He'll bring it back. Or better yet, just let's go to my house and you can have my joystick. Now this guy... Wasn't a big Atari fan, but he had one. He gave him his Atari joystick, which was in really good condition. So then I asked him if I could give him mine later, not right away, so I could enjoy Atari for the weekend, and I knew he kind of didn't play. But he said, it's not necessary. I have two joysticks. I hardly play the system. Just keep it. He can just keep his. You keep yours. Let's just move on. My relationship with the guy's joystick I broke was never the same after that. We didn't really get along too good to begin with, I guess. But my relationship with the guy who lent me the joystick would be rock solid all the way through high school. He was a very good friend, and even though we don't talk now, I look back at this moment of generosity, and I can't help but feel that warmth of friendship when I think of him. And really, it's those sort of small things that make a good friend, or at least prove just how good a friend you are. On today's show, I'd like to talk to you about the game I was playing when that joystick broke, Berserk. We'll talk about the company behind the game, we'll talk about the strategy, sequel, reception, ports, and we'll throw in a few surprises here and there. We have an info-packed episode ahead of us, so without further ado, let's start the show. Berserk is a shooter arcade game released in 1980 by the Stern Electronics Company of Chicago. Stern was formed in 1977 when the Stern family bought the Chicago Coin Company. They got these in an asset sale after the company had declared bankruptcy. Now Chicago Coin had made two video games that Stern would later release. These were Stampede and Rawhide and all they did at that point was change the branding and logos. They weren't that well received at first, but as the 70s rolled on and video games became more popular, Stern's fortunes started to rise. When arcade games really became popular in the early 80s, Stern produced the game Berserk, which would become the most popular video game they would ever release. Unfortunately, like most video game makers, the party didn't last long. And by 1985, Stern left the Amusement industry altogether nowadays Stern is back in the news if you're an arcade fan because Stern pinball Is doing pretty well making some really great new modern pinball machines The game was created by Alan McNeil He had been working as an employee at Universal Research Laboratories Which was part of Stern Electronics and had a vision one night of a video game in which you fought robots in black and white This game, which would borrow heavily from the game Robots, would become Berserk, which was named for the Fred Saberhagen Berserker series of novels. So in the 70s, black and white games were still popular. But around this time, the game Defender was released, which was in color, and it was very popular. At this point, Stern decided to make some changes to the technology, and almost all of the Berserk games that shipped originally shipped with a color CRT display. I always like to see if you could find out information about the release and where the game was test marketed. And if you're reading online, a whole bunch of sources just mention that the game was test marketed at a Chicago singles bar. Now, I was never in a test market for anything in my life. I've always wanted to be. But I can't even imagine having been in a test market for a video game that was not released. That's like Last Starfighter Dream stuff for me. Gameplay in Berserk is pretty simple. You control this green stick man, and you use your joystick to move around, and you shoot at killer robots that are coming after you by pushing the fire button. Now, the idea is to navigate the simple maze and kill all these robots without being shot or running into these walls. If you stay on a maze for too long, your nemesis, Evil Otto, appears. Now, Otto shows up to kind of move things along, because if this was just this open maze game, you could be lingering on boards forever. But, boom, there comes this unkillable Otto. Otto was named after David Otto, who was the security chief at Alan McNeil's former employer. Now, in the 70s, the smiley face became very popular, and so it's... Amusing that the evil character is this big, grinning, smiley face that would bounce around the board and that you couldn't kill it, but it could kill you. Now you advance from level to level by moving through the maze and going through another hole at the other side of the maze. Something that made the game very exciting to me is that the robots kind of acted dumb, like they were robots, walking into walls, killing themselves, colliding with evil Otto. It gave a sense of realness to these villains that. Sure, I can use the maze to my advantage, which is a very good thing to do if you're trying to get strategy, and we'll talk a little bit about that later. But that, just occasionally, I would do very little, and there would only be one robot left for me to kill. That sort of mixed challenge and randomness to the game that happened because of behaviors made the game so much more enjoyable. As you continue to move up in the game, the colors of the robots will change, and they can have more bullets on the screen at the same time. Now, there were a sequence of what color robots would come out in the first version of the game, and there were two versions of the game. You would start off with dark yellow robots that do not fire, then red robots, followed by dark blue robots. In the revised version, which had a much bigger run, Here is the order in which the robots appear. You have green, dark purple, light yellow, white, dark blue, light purple, gray, dark yellow, red, creepy, and then light blue, which is really kind of cool. In both versions of the game, you can earn a free guy. They are awarded at 5,000 and 10,000 points. We'll return after these messages. Kong, hey? Okay, big fella. It's the official tabletop version of Donkey Kong, and it looks, plays, and sounds the same. It even has different screens as you get higher. And even more important, you can take Donkey Kong home. Official Donkey Kong, the arcade game you can take home with you from Coleco. You want to play Berserk? You're on. You can't play Berserk at home. Now you can. Atari! It's Berserk inside an electric maze where robots shoot with electric rays. Take that, turkey! So look out, don't get trapped, or you might get sacked. Berserk is here from Atari. Can you do that? And only for systems from Atari. Have you played Atari today? And now, back to the show. game technical overview there's a kind of cool feature in this game and it is the voice part of it this game will talk to you it has a speech chip and at the time in 1980 this was an expensive process and it would come to about a thousand dollars a word to add voice to the game according to mcneil a salesman visited us during the development of berserk with a speech chip which was intended for helping blind people they were hoping to get it into toys or games. It sounded very robotic and was limited to 24 or less fixed words of vocabulary. But that was enough for this game and enough to really get people to stop when they were in arcades and would hear this because suddenly this game was talking to you, and that's pretty amazing. The game's voice synthesizer says some of these great things like coin detected in pocket, coin detected in pocket. intruder alert, intruder alert, which is amazing. Intruder alert, alert. intruder alert. Chicken, fight like a robot. Chicken, fight like a robot. Got the humanoid, got the intruder. I'm starting to get all robot-y. And a lot of other things. Destroy the humanoid. The game would be officially released on November 12th, 1980, just in time for Thanksgiving. It was available in two formats, your standard cabinet and cocktail. And it was powered by a Zilog Z80 Originally, they wanted to use a Motorola 6809E processor, but problems with the external clock on that CPU forced Stern to use the Z80. And technical overview. So you've never played Berserk before, here's some advice. As soon as you enter, start moving, because the robots are a little slow, and you have a slight advantage when you first enter the maze, so get into position. And remember that if you present a small enough target, meaning try to get above the robots, because from the side, you're tall, you're a full-size human in the game, but... From the bottom, you present a much more narrow target. makes it easier. What's fun is trying to get that moment where you can figure out that the robots are close enough to one another that you can move and they will try to follow you and making them knock into each other or into walls or even better trying to line them up so that when evil Otto comes in, he will kill all of them as well. And you could predict this because Otto will follow your position as he comes across the screen. So when he comes in, and if you could figure out if you could put those robots between you and Otto and yourself still near the door, you could just wait for Otto to take care of everything before you leave. Now there's one thing I've never been able to figure out. There's this one pixel space between the guy you're playing's head and shoulder, like where his neck should be, and... That doesn't count, so if you get shot in that area, it supposedly will pass right through you. I've never been that lucky, but I was reading that online and trying to find people's videos of it and couldn't find anything, but I love the idea. As the game gets more difficult, I find that sometimes I have a good game, but other times it's just moving so fast that I just got to get lucky. And just remember to try to move as fast as you can. Don't think too much. Just try to kill as many things as you can and get to that exit. And if you do that, you'll do pretty good at Berserk. When it was released, Berserk quickly became very popular and would stay at the top of the charts until games like Pac Man would come around and knock it off its perch. Berserk was so popular that a song was created about it, and it was sung by Buckner and Garcia of Pac Man Fever fame, and it went a little something like this. According to McNeil, and this is a quote I found online, they sent me the album and I loved that song. I'm a bit biased, but think it was better than that Pac-Man fever. Maybe that's Sour Grapes because Pac-Man is the game that finally knocked Berserk from number one after a long run. We'll return after these messages. This is the system chosen two to one over Atari and Intellivision for real arcade gameplay. Fantastic! Presenting the revolutionary Vectrex arcade system. Ordinary home video games can't match the laser sharp visual effects of Vectrex because only Vectrex has a real arcade screen built in. No TV set needed. So every Vectrex cartridge gives you real arcade gameplay that others can't. Vectrex, it stands alone. Hey, it's me talking. The fun, pinball. Want to play me? Play the Fonz Pinball, a rugged machine with plenty of fast action. Pretty slick, huh? The Fonz Pinball is the real thing, with drag strip raceways. Lots of bumper action, too. Watch those independent action flippers. Perfect. Bells, lights, real scarring. The Fonz Pinball Machine. Hey. By Coleco. And now, back to the show. Now, remember those portable versions of games like Pac-Man and Frogger that were released by Calico? Well, a Berserk version was planned, and it would have been very similar in design to their other games. But sadly, it was never released. Although, if you look at ads online, you can find mentions of it. Just because you couldn't get the portable video game doesn't mean you couldn't get another type of game, which was the Berserk board game. In that game, one of you played Evil Otto and the robots, and the other plays the hero of the game. It's a pretty good board game for the time, kind of fun, and you can find it online pretty cheaply nowadays. There were several ports of Berserk. Atari released it for the 2600 in 1982, a great port. In the 2600, there was actually an option in which Evil Otto could be killed, although he always comes back. The 5200 had the digitized speech that was pretty amazing. And probably most importantly, and to you video game aficionados at home, it was also released for the Vectrex system that had that wonderful vector graphics monitor, which made for some beautiful-looking berserk well, if you've got a good game, you got to keep the ball rolling. And in 1982, Stern released Frenzy, which was a sequel to Berserk. Frenzy basically followed the same gameplay of Berserk, navigating a maze, killing robots, not getting killed yourself. Now, in Berserk, the walls are all electrified. In Frenzy, some of the walls are made of dots. Well, you know, Pac-Man and dots. And you could shoot the dots and shoot holes in the walls and use that as part of your strategy. Kind of added an interesting twist to the game, and you would think, well, this is great, maybe it's a better game, but overall, Berserk, to me, is just a more solid, pure bit of entertainment, and I just like it a lot better. Frenzy would be ported to the ColecoVision and the Sinclair ZX Spectrum in 1983. The world record for Berserk on fast bullets which is a setting, is 350,340, which was scored by Steve Wagner. The slow bullet version of Berserk Record is 401,130 points, which was scored by Phil Younger in 2008. A very dark part of the Berserk legend is that it is the first video game known to have coincided with the death of a player. In 1981, Jeff Daly was playing the game, scored 16,660 points, and suddenly had a heart attack at age 19. A year later, in 1982, Peter Bukowski was putting his name in just after he finished. He also had a heart attack. Now, I'm sure these are just coincidences, but they added to the legend of Berserk. And I remember hearing stories about these, told by my friends, things they probably heard from their mother, who were terrified that their kid was going to play a game that was going to cause them to have a heart attack. Now, I don't know if video games cause heart attacks, But, in many situations, they can bring people closer together. Berserk was a game I played a whole lot as a kid, and I had very positive feelings about it up until the moment I broke that joystick. And boy, did I regret playing it that day. And if it wasn't for another friend stepping up and basically saving me, and by the way, never getting a joystick from me, he just never wanted it, I would have probably still had very negative feelings about Berserk to this day. Instead, I'm pretty sure I probably went home that night, sat in air-conditioned comfort, and played Berserk on my Atari 2600 on my last remaining joystick. It's amazing that years later, this was in the 80s, these moments of generosity stick with you. So just remember that when you're out there playing with your friends, even as an adult. Maybe they do something boneheaded, break something of yours. Of course, they should step up and do something nice for you, fix it, pay for it. But give them a break. They probably didn't know what they were doing. So if you're looking for a fun game to play this weekend, look no further than Berserk. Maybe you'll find it in your local arcade. Maybe you have to go and find it online play it on MAME. It is all over the internet. Or maybe you're lucky enough to know somebody, or you're one of those people who has a working Atari 2600. If you come over to my place, you get a little too into it, you break my joystick, it's okay. I got plenty of extras. Thanks for listening to the show. For more retro fun, you can drop by the website at www.retroist.com. You can follow me on Facebook and Twitter. I'm at facebook.com retroist.com and twitter.com retroist. The music you hear on the show is by Peachy. If you have musical needs, you can email Peachy at peachy at retroist.com. Thanks for listening to the show, and I hope you have a great weekend. And the sound was on atsis one 4 0 0 a T-S-I-S-1-4-0-0-1-A-4-1-0-A-1-1-A-1-A-1. This has been a retro production. Goodbye.